The Indian River School District will host a current expense referendum on Thursday, March 2nd to seek additional local funding for school safety programs, measures related to enrollment growth, and student service and support initiatives. In a moment, I'll be joined by Mark Steele, Interim Superintendent of the Indian River School District. Mr. Steele will discuss the referendum and its importance to the school district and community. I'm Dave Mall, and this is the IRSD Spotlight. On March 2nd, the Indian River School District will ask voters to approve a property tax increase of $0.49 cents per $100 of assessed value. If approved, this current expense referendum will raise $7.3 million in additional local funding, which will be used for school safety programs, the hiring of additional teachers and paraprofessionals, the purchase of instructional supplies and materials, and investments in technology, textbooks, student organizations, and support services. The outcome of the referendum will shape the future of the Indian River School District and have a profound impact on the quality of educational services provided to students. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Superintendent Mark Steele to discuss the referendum and its importance to our local community. First of all, congratulations on being named Interim Superintendent by the Board of Education, Mark. Thank you very much, Dave. Any, any big plans or anything? Well, I, I, I think I've said this all along. I really want to be a total community superintendent. I want to really, really increase community's involvement in the school system uh, in a variety of ways, not just parent conferences, but in the programs that we offer in the, the structure of the school and the oversight of the school. Um, I really want to create a total transparent uh, relationship with the community. And I think the biggest task over the next few years for the district is I would like to really kickstart a comprehensive strategic plan so that the district can, can look at the future for about 10 years. And instead of making decisions months in advance, we actually can sit and make decisions years in advance to give the public an understanding. And so that they're part of that strategic plan of where we're going to go and how we're going to get there. Now let's move on to the referendum. Uh, a similar tax increase went before the public in November and was narrowly defeated. Um, now we're on to round two. Can you briefly explain what residents are going to be asked to approve on March 2nd? Well, on the previous referendum, we had five areas of um, increasing the tax rate. We had 10, 10 cents going toward our school security, 33 towards student enrollment and supplies, uh, 3% to uh, textbooks, 2% technology, 1% student activities. In evaluating uh, the, the possibility uh, for months ago that there could be a state cut, we revised the referendum for round two for March the 2nd. Uh, we have moved two cents from the safety and security. That is now eight cents. We still have the current 33 cents for the school enrollment and supplies and the two cents removed from the um, school supervision safety has been moved to student support, which will include textbooks, technology, student activities, and transportation. The two cents we're hoping will defer some of our transportation costs should the state increase the percentage that we have to pay with local funds. And we're looking at a total increase of 49 cents per $100 of assessed value, correct? That's correct. Yeah. 
in looking at the need for this additional funding and the need for the referendum, does it all come back to enrollment growth? Vast majority does. Um, to give you a good example, our, our unit count where we receive our funding in September 30th of this year, we were 10,465 students, uh, roughly. Uh, I can tell you as of this week, we are at 10,748. So we, we've grown approximately 283 kids over the last four, four and a half months. I do believe that that will plateau at this particular point. We also are expecting more students to come in over the summer and register for our schools. And we are anticipating anywhere between 10,800 with an outside possibility we could hit 11,000. Uh, but we'd have to have a, a higher growth rate. But we're going to be very close to the 11,000 mark. Now, just looking at it over the last few years, however, we've looked at, I believe it's from 2010, hasn't enrollment gone up by about 1,600 students during that time? Yes, it has. It's, it's mm -hmm. gone almost a 4% per year clip. Yeah. Um, and it's at certain times when you look at the enrollment, the enrollment and the number of teachers' units or that the uh, unit count generates, sometimes that's a, a hard figure to understand. Our enrollment may go up more one year. We actually may only qualify for fewer units than other years due to the number of students who enroll uh, who are students with disabilities that we have to provide services for throughout the time they're with us. Is the district currently in a position where it just simply can't hire some of the teachers and paraprofessionals that it's entitled to? Yeah, through I the think account? Uh, right now, Dave, yeah, and that's a, that's a serious concern. Um, you know, without passing the current expense referendum on March the 2nd, uh, we, we will not be able to hire staff. In fact, we'll be cutting staff. So if we see an enrollment growth of two to 400 kids that we've seen over the last six years, uh, we will be certainly not hiring anybody, and it will be more of the cutting line than hiring. And that will lead to larger class sizes. What else? What are other kinds of ramifications will that have? I think one of the biggest ramifications would be class size. Uh, what you would normally want to see, a, a one teacher to 23 to 24 kids probably would go uh, one to 30 to 40 kids at the high school level. Uh, it would also, at the elementary level, we would struggle in K-3 to stay within um, the, the, the standards where we were supposed to with the class size limit survey that we have to do every year. Those class sizes could well be 1 to 30 or higher. Now, in the area of school safety, how will the additional funding be used should the referendum pass? One, we'll take a good look at the program as a whole to see if we need to make any readjustments in personnel or assignments. If we have any additional funding, once we have the personnel in the positions that we, we want to cover our schools, we then could use the additional funding for some safety initiatives. Uh, for example, uh, one of the, the big initiatives uh, in my, on my line is the Assistant Superintendent's Transportation. We have approximately 50% of our buses currently have a video camera on board. We would be able to hopefully use some of the additional funds to make sure that all of our buses have video systems. That way we could monitor uh, both the driver and the students to make sure that everything that our drivers are doing is safe and compliant. In, in regards to personnel, safety personnel, obviously um, salaries for our 15 school safety monitors, armed school safety monitors are in there also. But talk about the investigators a little bit too because that's, a, that's another very important program that the district took on a few years ago by actually hiring our two in-house investigators, which we've had for two or three years now. We actually saved money by doing that. Actually, we did. Uh, one of the things we have to do uh, 
you know, per state regulations, we have to do background checks on employees, which makes common sense, and that's that's the same as any any job that anybody goes to nowadays. In the case of, of having our internal investigators, we were able to hire two investigators um, at, at half the money for both that we were spending when we hired an outside firm to do our background checks. And with the outside firm um, only, only completing one internal investigation, you know, we were up around two hundred and fifty to two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Both of our investigators together were not even covering fifty percent of that amount. And we not only have them to do all of our background checks, the most current background checks we could possibly get, and even visitations if need be, we're also able to use them for internal employee investigations and have everything what I would call court ready should we have to go into a court of law. Now, in regards to the school safety monitors, I think um, I'd like you to share an experience that you had on this. Obviously, we have a, an armed school safety monitor in all of our schools. And I think the importance of this hit home with you not too long ago, correct, in a, in a trip that you took to New England? I did. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, go to Boston to see my son, um, who had been nominated for Shirley Jackson Award. Um, my wife, myself, my son were driving through Connecticut. And the GPS took us off Route 84, and we actually went through a beautiful area, and only to find that the town that we were entering uh, basically is the, the, the borough of Newtown. And um, very, very strong impact uh, to the point it almost felt like the air was so heavy you could hardly breathe. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talking in the car, but there was a huge sense of sadness. As we uh, exited back and the GPS took us, um, made a left turn around the curve, and we were in the borough of Sandy Hook. There was a school, it was not the school where the shooting took place, a uh, large white cross out in the uh, front yard of the, of the school. And, you know, again, it, the trip through that area was very surreal. I think if you saw what I saw on TV years ago when this occurred, you, you feel uh, for the kids, you feel for the families, you get concerned with what you see on TV. But when it comes down to it, you're still detached. As you go through and see the area, it's very easy to relate that to our area. It's very, very easy to see that, you know what, realistically, now that you see, here's the real Newtown, Connecticut, here's the real Sandy Hook. Now, this could be any school in our district on any given day. And the one thing that we really want to make sure we do is we're ready. And, and some would say, you know, it's, it's not uh, if it's going to happen, it's more of when. We're in a different society than we used to be in. Um, there are much other factors in society that we have to deal with that were not major factors before. And I would say now that that is probably one of the absolute best insurance policies we have in this district for securing the safety and welfare of all of our students and staff. And that mainly comes down to, I guess, two things, resistance and response time. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that? Those are key issues. And in all the studies that uh, Detective Jeff Hudson has done and all of our, our monitors have done, there are two very important things in all school shootings or intruders. And that is, number one, uh, put up resistance. And simply by having staff keep their doors locked inside, and keeping all the exterior doors locked, you're going to provide resistance. Not only when they get outside in, but once inside the building, 
What past uh, history has shown is that once they grab a door, if it's locked, they move on. That was a very cheap endeavor for us to keep the interior doors locked. Mm -hmm. It was just simply a directive. Uh, on the second part of it, the response time is incredible. The type of weapons that are used now and those sort of things that we've seen on TV, it's critical. It's absolutely critical to have a very fast response time. Newtown, I believe, was right around 3 minutes and 45 seconds to 4 minutes. And we saw that the, the, the carnage that could be done in that time period. With our school safety monitors, we feel that the maximum time it would take one of our safety monitors to intercept an armed intruder would be anywhere from 15, maybe 20 seconds maximum. And in most cases, it would probably be within 10 seconds or less. Now, getting back to the referendum a little bit, complicating matters at this point in time is the possibility of cuts in state funding for education. Uh, estimates that have been thrown around recently have those cuts ranging anywhere from 2.5 to 10% for local school districts. Does this referendum take on even more importance given this possibility? The March 2nd current expense referendum will be the absolute most important decisions taxpayers have ever had to make in the history of the Indian River School District. Mm -hmm. The uh, situation leading into this, uh, we were asking for a 49 cent increase or a 7.35 million in local funds. At the time when we went through referendum uh, back in November, uh, we were not aware of the state shortage and how it would affect possibly education. With the um, 2 to 10% cut that's possible, not only would we need the money on the local side, but that would be additional cuts that we would have on the state side. Now that would range, as, as you said, that would range anywhere from about $2.4 million to $9 million of state money. We would not want it to be any more than 2.5 because even at 2.5, we are going to have to take and make program cuts other cuts throughout the district and there are going to have to be some staff cuts even in passing the current expense referendum in March. Yeah. So the level of how critical this vote is hinges on the fact that we as of today still do not know what the percentage the state is going to take from us. But I will say passing the local current expense and increasing our local funds by 7.35 million dollars is critical to our district and community. Now I want to take I want you to take a moment to address two two issues. One, how does the district's property tax rate compare to other Sussex County school districts? And two, hasn't the Board of Education actually lowered the tax rate in recent years? It, it has, Dave. One of the things, and I'll, I'll touch first on uh, what the district has done over the last three years. The tax bill is uh, is based on current expense, minor cap, debt services, and tuition. The tuition cost and the minor cap and debt services are, are taxes that the board can set the rate for. We've had some decrease in the um, special needs things that we've needed. We've been able to decrease this this past year um, the tuition tax and in years previous the debt service and tuition to a clip of about 16 and a half cents. Now, based on the same average tax bill, if we take a look at the decrease over the last three years, that equates to about $32. So the district has been um, 
you know, very good toward the community of we're not going to take one penny more than we need to operate our schools and our district. So when we have that opportunity to cut those three uh, tax that those three tax uh, rates, we take that and try to do that so that we only take whatever is needed per year with with little to no carryover, so that we don't overtax the community. So we have been diligent in making sure that we are properly handling district money pertaining to the tax rate. However, those three have very specific uses. We cannot use them for certain types of salaries or certain programs. There are certain things they are used for. The current expense is what we use basically for our teacher salaries, uh, support, and some of the programs that we offer. And I guess that's one of the reasons why our tax rate ranks where it is among Sussex County school districts, which is... Our, our, Sussex County, we're absolutely the lowest tax rate around. And, mm -hmm. and even if we pass a 49-cent current expense, we are still 16 cents below the next highest school, and we will still be the lowest district tax rate-wise in the county. Now, as far as the March 2nd referendum is concerned, if it passes, what will the impact be to the average taxpayer in the Indian River School District? Average impact would be about a 94 to $95 increase in taxes. Uh, that would be on a property that's assessed at about $20,000. If you check your tax bill, you can see your assessed rate. It's a very easy calculation. And as a matter of fact, if you go to our website, there's a tax calculator uh, that will show you how to calculate your taxes. That works out to be maybe almost maybe a quarter a day. And we're able to fund uh, the majority of the staff that we currently have and the majority of the programs that we currently have. And it's important to note, too, that's assessed value, correct, not market value. That's Absolutely. A, that's sort of a, that's something that we've run into. We get a lot of questions about that quite a bit. It is the assessed value. It is not the market value. And again, Sussex County has not had a countywide assessment uh, since the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons that our tax bills in, in our particular county are extremely low and even more so in our district. Well, Mark, is there anything else you want to share about the referendum before we, uh, before we sign off here? I think it's critical. I think the community, I, I hope they realize that the past year, what we have gone through, personally, has been the hardest of my 36 years in education, with, without a doubt. And I think that the critical point of this vote is yes, we are voting for kids. Everything centers and everything we do from the safety and security program to the student enrollment growth for staff members to the support, the textbooks. That is all geared toward keeping our students current and hopefully more advanced than students in other school districts. And I have to ask the community to please, emotions run high both ways in support and non-support. This is a very business-minded decision that needs to be made because as devastating as not passing that local expense referendum could be to the school district, it could have a even deeper impact on the community. And I think our community is strong, our district strong, and that's always the sign of a strong community is that there is a strong educational system that parallels with it to put it in the position it is. Our kids have been successful. Uh, we had kids range in positions from the lieutenant governor to the interim superintendent for the school district and the Secretary of Education up and over. We have people all over in various jobs 
So we have done a great job educating our students and getting our students to be active members in the community. I just think that this vote has to be a vote for the students and our community. And if we can make that happen, we can continue the successes that we have constantly had over the past 40 years. District residents are encouraged to visit the district's website, Facebook page, or Twitter page for additional information about the referendum. Anyone with questions is encouraged to call the district's referendum hotline at 302-436-1079 or visit irsd.net slash referendum. Voting on March 2nd will be from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. at the following polling places. East Millsboro Elementary School, Georgetown Elementary School, Indian River High School, Long Neck Elementary School, Lord Baltimore Elementary School, and Selbyville Middle School. Eligible voters must live within the boundaries of the Indian River School District, be U.S. citizens at least 18 years of age, and provide identification at the polling place. Voter registration is not required and residents do not have to be property owners in order to vote. Residents can vote at any of the seven polling places. Absentee voting is handled by the Sussex County Department of Elections. Absentee ballots are available by mail until noon on February 24th and in person until noon on March 1st. For more information, contact the Department of Elections at 302-856-5367. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.